right. Praise the Lord and welcome to another session of IHAP Podcast number 24. With me, your host, Reverend Mario A. Najera. To all those that are listening in for the first time and for all those that are returning back, thank you for joining in. I am honored to have with me today co-pastor Aaron Barbosa of AWE Church in Baldwin Park, California. We are here today to testify of the goodness and mercies of God and no matter where you find yourself in your life's journey, that Jesus loves you, Jesus still saves, and that he is still doing works within his people. So listen as we hear what God has done in the life of my guest today. Co-Pastor Aaron Barbosa, praise the Lord and welcome to IHAP Podcast. And thank you so much for accepting this invitation. Absolutely. It's my honor. I'm happy to be here and I feel grateful to be a part of IHAP today. Thank you, brother. My prayer for our conversation today is that the words that we speak, brother, will inject faith in the hearts and the minds of those that are listening today. In Jesus' name, Pastor. Amen. I'm in agreement with you. In Jesus' name. So, Pastor, the reason why I reached out to you is because I've seen you. uh, I've never got to meet you in person, but I've seen you on social media, you know, posting uh, about your ministry and about your music ministry. And it's just something about you, brother, your spirit that really clicked with me. And I wanted to get to learn more about that, about where God had found you from, what he took you out of, and how he got you to where you're at today. Um, I know we're not going to be able to cover all of the seasons in your in your life and in your testimony. Um, and I, yeah, so I know we're going to be talking just, you know, some points. But, uh, you know, I want to learn as much as I can about what God has done in your life. So with all that being said, brother, um, where would you say you found yourself before your own experience with church or before your own personal relationship with Christ? What, where would you say you found yourself out during those times? Well, um, I could, I, I first should start off by saying that, you know, I was born, uh, with parents that, that knew God with parents that loved the Lord and that were, um, you know, I'm actually, let's see, uh, third generation, Mm. you know, of, of people that had been saved. It started with my grandfather who got saved. My grandpa Oscar Barbosa got saved uh, during his naturalization process from, you know, Mexico, uh, to, you know, of course, America, and then my father, and then and then me. So, you know, um, that could be a challenging question to answer sometimes, because um, people say, man, you, you must have a testimony, you know, there must be something there before you came to Christ. But the truth is, I was brought up in Christ, I was raised in the Lord, I was, you know, I was raised in the house of God, in a sense, you know, I yeah. was like that little kid, that would fall asleep under the chairs during the preachings, you know, and, and, you know, my whole life was junior chapels at, you know, at church and my friends and things like that. But if I could answer this, honestly, I think the better answer comes, where was I before my personal relationship with Christ? Mm. Um, And you kind of already asked that question. So to answer that question, um, before I, gave my heart to the Lord, even though I was brought up in church, um, even within the church, and this could be a little controversial hmm. and maybe some people might, I mean, I would maybe urge young kids to be careful with this part or if parents have young kids um, to be careful with this portion uh, of what we're talking about today, mm-hmm. um, you know, because it's a little bit, I think more for older people to understand, sure. but 
I will say this. Um, the church is a beautiful place. Some of the best days of my life that I've ever spent has been in the house of God. But I was also um, the trouble that I had went through or even some of the trauma that I had faced as a, as a child before I gave my life to the Lord at around 12 years old um, was, you know, was in the church. Mm. And um, sometimes um, I don't like to talk too much about this because I know that hurt people hurt people. Um, but I was, uh, I was abused at a young age mm. at church, like during church mm. by, um, by, a, by like a, somebody that was supposed to be watching over me. Yeah. Um, and so the truth is that could have actually been a little worse, you know, than being in the world. At least if you come from the world uh, and what I mean by when we say the world, we mean, uh, it's a funny statement. Like we're not like we're all from Mars or something, yeah. <laughs> you know, but before I was saved and I knew Christ and I wasn't, you know, trying to live like the rest of the world, mm. it's probably the best way for me to put it. Um, you know, before that time in the church. So, ah, man, it was actually, I think in some ways, even more challenging um, because I learned at a very early age, how to play church. Mm. You know what I mean? How to, keep things quiet. You're not supposed to say certain things. I wasn't supposed to talk about what happened to me. So from the age of eight years old to the age of 18 years old, I didn't tell anybody either what happened to me or the things that I did afterwards as a result of being awakened in that way in my life. So man, during those, what, 10 years uh, that I lived in silence. Oh my God. I developed so many difficult uh, problems, habits, um, fears, uh, anxiety, uh, childhood depression, and a lot of those kind of things. But, you know, I, I was a minister's child and there was a certain expectation on us. And I just thought, wow, maybe these things just happened. Mm-hmm. So I lived in silence for many years. That's pretty much where I was before I was willing to give my life to the Lord. I, I was living in silence with um, sexual molestation and different things that I like, you know, it awakened my mind to other things. Mm-hmm. So I searched mm-hmm. for other things, you know, did things that I wasn't supposed to, uh, to do at a very young age. I'm talking about very, very, very young. Yeah. You know, like I said, eight years old, I was, was the beginning for me and I didn't talk to anybody about it. So I navigated a lot of that by myself. And as a result, a lot of, you know, I was an introvert. I didn't talk too much to people People wondered why I wasn't into sports, but I would express myself through music. Mm. And that's why I became, you know, more fluent in the musical language, because that's where I felt most safe and most like in the presence of God and just more emotional. I felt like I could release those feelings that I had on the inside. And um, so that kind of summarizes, you know, in a general way, just kind of where I was at before I got baptized and, Said, so, you know what, God, even after, even after all of this, you know, that has happened, I want to give my life to Jesus. Uh, yeah. And I think what happens, Pastor Aaron, is that, you know, especially being at a young age, who, who do you go seek to talk to? You know, especially if it's someone in a per, place of authority, you know, and sure. then, yeah, so it's, it's kind of difficult to have those conversations. But that's why as a yeah. parent and, and as a Christian or, you know, with my sons, you know, I make sure to talk to them. My oldest is 15 now. My little guy's 12. But, you know, wow. I, I talk to them and their eyes just kind of open up, 
you know, about situations where like, you know, this is what's yeah. supposed to happen. This is what's not supposed to happen, even in a right. church. Yeah. So, yes, uh, yeah. And you're very, that you're very wise to do that. Um, I don't think that is that my parents didn't want to talk to me about yeah. it. I've had I've had amazing parents. Mm. Um, I, I think I don't know. I think the enemy was working on me mm. and made me feel like yeah. I wasn't going to be accepted mm. if I told my parents. Yeah. You know, that maybe they would think, what is this guy? What? Yeah. What's going on? What happened? And I had all these ideas in my mind of all the bad things that would happen and they would give up on me. And it was just a big lie from the devil because when I finally got the courage to tell my parents, they really helped me. And yeah. in fact, they received me. They prayed for me. They cried with me. They felt bad. Yeah. You know, yeah. They, my dad's first question, well, where was I? Oh. I said, I don't know. I was just a little kid. You, you were probably in church, yeah. you know doing what you were supposed to be doing, yeah. preaching and helping the kids or doing something in the church somewhere, yeah. you know? So you're very wise as a father. And I would say other parents out there, very wise to, to be open with your children and mm. say, Hey, look at, these are the kind of things that are not supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. And if they do, I don't ever want you to be ashamed. Yeah. I want you to come and talk to me. Yeah. And so now, because of this experience that I've been through mm. with my, I have seven children now. Wow. So yeah, I have seven kids. I have three <laughs> three boys and four girls. Oh, wow. And so I'm able to have these conversations with my boys. My oldest is about to be 16. Wow. You know, 16, 13, 11 years old. I mean, it goes all the way down to I have a baby that's only 1 years old, you oh. know what I mean, 1 year old. Yeah, so so I think it's very wise of parents. Yeah. Especially now that that we have been through enough. Yeah. That we've gone through some stuff that we can say, "Okay, you know what? Kids, here's the honesty mm -hmm. about how life can be. Mm -hmm. And if any of these kind of things ever, you know, happen or this kind of situation transpires, you know, please come and talk to us. No, no that's very true. And, and, and like you were mentioning, Pastor Aaron, you know, even with the experience that you've been through. Um, so how, how did that eventually come or correlate to you giving your life to Christ? You know, everything yeah. that you experienced so far, what what was that what was that time in your life like then great 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 question so um in my mind as you asked that question i literally remember the place and the day that i was at i was in church and brother paul hernandez one of our ministers was preaching about how and how sin will separate us from god and send us to hell unless we are saved hmm. and so i thought well do i have sin and of course by that time not only had I have, you know, not, not only was I transgressed against my against me, but the truth is I had also transgressed myself. Mm -hmm. I had also done things that I shouldn't have done. I've made choices. Some things I had no choice. But then after that, I made choices that I knew mm -hmm. were wrong in the eyes of the Lord, according to what the preacher would preach and according to what the word said. And I was like, you know what, man, I've done I've done some bad things. So by the time I was 12 years old. I already knew that I needed a savior. I already knew that mm. I needed to be saved. And when I heard that message from brother Paul Hernandez, literally before the sermon was over, I ran to the altar. I said, God, I want to be saved. I don't want to go to hell. No way. There's no way that after all the hell that I've already been through that I'm going to die and go to hell. Mm. No way, Jose. So I remember I went to my dad. He was a pastor. I said, dad, can I talk to you? Yeah, sure, son. And I was 12 years old. And this is before I even mentioned anything to him. I told him, hey, I want to be saved. I don't want to go to hell. Mm -hmm. I want to be baptized in Jesus' name. And I want to receive the Holy Spirit. Mm 
just like the way the Bible says. And, he, you know, my dad's, hey, okay, let's do it, son. And, man, he was, he was so proud of me. He was happy. And he went and I think they made a baptistry because we didn't have one in the church that we were renting. They made a baptistry back then with, like, wood and sheet metal. I remember it looked <laughs> kind of like a tank. They made a <laughs> baptismal tank. And my dad baptized me on October 18th on my sister's birthday, actually. Um, and, uh, my God, it's been over 30 years, wow. um, that wow. I've been saved. Yeah. And, um, oh, excuse me. No, almost 30 years. It's been about 28 years. Um, cause I got baptized when I was about 12 years old. Hmm. And so anyways, yeah. So <laughs> wow. that's kind of what happened. I, I felt like I needed Jesus and the preacher was there to help me to understand the word of God. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's me. I'm the one I need to, I need to be saved. Yeah. All right, I I have I don't know if you had the pleasure of baptizing any of your children because you were just talking about your dad. Oh, you have, yeah. You were just speaking yeah. about your father, and and I got to baptize my oldest, and it, you, you said your dad just was just feel a proud, you know, a, a pride, and so proud. Yeah. yeah, that's a. I mean, man, pastor is is just a, an overwhelming, awesome, blessing feeling that you can baptize, you know, your child. It, it really is. Oh man, you know, considering that. You know, if you look at the big picture as a believer, our worldview tells us that we're here in this life to find Jesus Christ. Like, mm-hmm. that's it. If you come to this life and you don't find Jesus Christ, the whole thing was a waste. Yeah. So for yeah. us to see that our children, mm-hmm. they found God. Like, in other words, what they came here for, they got. Mm-hmm. I mean, good. it's just, it doesn't get any better than that. Oh, that's good. You know, and let me, uh, I want to kind of back it up. I have seen my children get baptized, but my father who is my pastor, baptized them. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 And I could baptize them, but I asked them, I said, who do you want to baptize you? Do you want grandpa to baptize you or do you want dad to baptize you? And back then, of course, I wasn't a pastor um, of our own congregation. Uh-huh. So he was their pastor. So that my three children that have been baptized, my dad baptized them. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's beautiful. Oh, definitely. Um you 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 touched on earlier, Pastor Aaron, about um, you know music being a big part of of you know where you would find comfort in the presence of God and sure. um, and I know it's a big part of your your ministry also. But overall, just what was your calling experience overall to you know in the pastorship uh, and 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 the capacities you serve right now? What was that calling like for you? Yeah. Um, oh man. Well. Uh, it was definitely a change of pace because I grew up thinking I'm just going to be a, a pianist. That's what I want to do. And I've found a way to minister that way. And I'm happy to serve that way, you know? Um, but I remember at the time I had a friend, um, not my wife. Um, and we were, well, it was my girlfriend basically. And I remember that we were talking about, you know, uh, ministry and, uh, to make a very long story short, I thought that maybe we were going to get married. Um, and I was like thinking, yeah, that's, you know, and, and, you know, we were trying to figure out if we were going in the same direction. And I remember one time that really, really helped me, um, was we were together at a service and they were doing the ordination. And I never thought that I wanted to be an ordained minister, but there was something powerful about what was happening. It was like calling me, Mm. it was calling me. And I, and, and I told my girlfriend at the time, and I said, Hey, you know, I, I, I would really like that. And she looked at me, really? I was like, yeah. Oh, I thought you just wanted to be a musician. I said, no, I, I mean, I do, but can I be both? Yeah. <laughs> you know, can I do both? And I don't know. I've never, you know, and we just talked about it anyways. So 
we prayed about it and hey, look at it, this is God's will, you know, let God's will be done. Anyways, to make a very long story short, for almost no reason at all, apparently, um, we ended up not being together. Mm. And I think it just goes to show that that God sometimes He will change, you know, what you thought. And I I mean, I truly thought like, okay, being a musician and this relationship, this is what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I had no idea. I was very young. I didn't know really that much about life. Um, but to make a long story short, after some time and and prayer, um, I thought, you know what? I guess I'm not going to be a musician anymore. I guess I'm not going to be in that relationship anymore. I'm all alone. Maybe God did this to me for a reason mm. so that I can find like a relationship with him in a new level maybe. So I remember I was praying and I was crying, Lord, you know what? Why did we have to break up? And you know, I was a kid. I didn't, <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. And my dad came down while I was praying and said, son, he said, you know, I have a word from the Lord for you. I said, yeah, sure. I won't go through the whole thing. But he said, I really feel like God's going to use you in the ministry. Mm-hmm. I said, no kidding. I've been thinking maybe he will, but all this stuff is falling apart for me. I was so happy, but now it's so weird. I feel out of place. And he said, maybe God's just doing something in your life. You know, he says, have you ever considered going to Bible college? I said, well, oh my God, I would love to. <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but I would love to get away from here. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you know, I would love to go somewhere else, try new things, you know, because my dad always had me very close hmm. as his musician. I was, no, no, you can't even, sometimes he wouldn't even let me play at other churches. No, no, right here. The local church comes first. Local church comes first was his big thing. And so for him to tell me that he thinks I should go to Bible college, it had to have been hmm. a God thing. And of course, to make a long story short, I went to Bible college, found a very dynamic relationship with the Lord there. Uh, because there's nothing to do in Stockton except for pray. <laughs> in Bible college, just pray, go to Bible class and go to church. Like there's nothing to do over there, you know? And so I got away from Hollywood, got away from LA and was just in the middle of Cowtown where life is slow, you know, and it was peaceful. And I had a different pastor that didn't care if I was the pastor's son that just demanded that I would be in church and mm-hmm. demanded that I would be at prayer in the prayer room every day. Like, I mean, it was an interesting change of pace. And that's what I have to say about, you know, my calling experience. It was literally, it just, it was like a change of pace. Like Mm. God was taking me from being a youngster who, you know, I had good intentions. There was nothing wrong. You know, my girlfriend was a pastor's daughter, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with being a pianist. Mm -hmm. You know, that was my ministry, but it was just like, God was changing the pace of my life, you know, and he Mm. was just doing something new in my life. And of course, by the grace of God now, it's like, man, I didn't know that that God had this different path for me. I, I was certainly mistaken mm-hmm. to think that all I was ever going to be was just maybe a pianist. Yeah. Uh, well, that, it's just amazing how God works in our lives. And, uh, you know, it's that saying where you, you think you have plans and then, you know, God gets involved. And, mm. and you know, it's just something totally different for sure. Um but kind of touching a bit more um, on the ministry part of it, Pastor, how have you found, because I've seen videos of you, Pastor, you know, playing your, you playing your keyboard or your piano. And, and, and I mean, that is a level of ministry. I believe you even have like a, a, a ministry, a website and, a, you know, the, the Mistoral, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's called Minstrels. Minstrels. Uh, excuse me. Uh, uh, schoolofminstrels.org. Mm. So schoolofminstrels.org. 
And yeah, that's where we do our, uh, we do teaching. So mm. I teach people how to play piano from no experience at all to, to you know, to advanced level. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And, and, Thank you. and I think, I think the one thing that I appreciate when I do see you is just a passion. Even when you're demonstrating something, you know, to, to the students or, or a video that you're doing, you, you can just touch into that passion. And I think there's a difference definitely between performing and ministering when you're doing music or emceeing. And I don't feel that you perform in a sense. You know, I, I feel that, you know, you minister. Like I said, even when you're just practicing or showing something to somebody, I, I think that's that's awesome. Pastor, I think that's Praise awesome. That. Yeah. Um, so, Pastor, talking a little bit about ministry, was there ever a time that, you know, you said you, you received that calling, you, your father had a word for you, it kind of just confirmed uh, where you, you kind of the path that you were going to, the new path you were going to be taking. But did you ever get to a point though in your ministry where, you know, even you had that confirmation, you were like, well, why is this challenging now? Or why is this situation coming up? Or a certain doubt or distance from God in your ministry or your service? Did that ever occur uh, at any time? Oh, man, absolutely. Um, like I said, I think because of what I had been through at a young age, um, it definitely, um, it left me with some wounds in my life. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, and I'm not mad at anybody or, you know, or nothing like that. And in mm. fact, I hope anybody that I've ever offended is not mad at me. You know, we have to, the Bible says that we have to forgive yeah. if we want God to forgive us. Yeah. You know, we, we have to also forgive others, you know? Yeah. And so I don't go around blaming, but I can definitely say that, you know, what I had been through and then even the choices that I had made after in life, um, you know, uh, they, they filled me with a lot of fears, mm. with a lot of fears and, and just different doubts. And I can definitely say that a lot of those doubts manifested um during certain big what i would call big hits in my life blows if you mm. will attacks and um when i was about um oh man i can't remember exactly i was about 15 my uncle adam barbosa he is my dad's youngest brother mm -hmm. and um he got cancer and he was literally like my my greatest mentor he taught me how to play drums he taught me how to play bass he even started teaching me a little bit about piano. Mm. Um, and he was always happy for me whenever I would learn like a new drum roll <laughs> or I learned some new thing on the keyboard. Wow. He would tell me, wow, mijo, man, you're good, man. Wow. Look at pat me in the back, take me out, buy me clothes, teach me about girls, teach me about how to live for God. Mm. He used to pray every morning. He would say, Hey, you know, you need to pray, blah, blah, blah all this kind of stuff, man. Yeah. And he passed away. He was 23 years old. Wow. And I was about 15. So you can imagine how close in age we were, yeah. you know. And then he was also my teacher at our Christian school. So it's like my mentor, my teacher. We were praying for him. We believed. But I mean, I, I was literally, you know, within hours of watching him pass away. Mm. You know, um, after he passed away, my dad brought us all to the house where he was at. And we went to see him in his room dead. You know, oh. pray, and my dad prayed for him to come back to life. He didn't come back to life. Uh, you know, and oh man, that, that impacted me, man. I mean, talk about a moment of like do or die faith. Uh, we gave all we had. My dad prayed for him like Elisha prayed. Hmm. You know, he, he laid on top of him and breathed into him. And he said, spirit of death, I command you to come out. And I mean, we did everything that we knew how to do. Yeah. 
and he didn't resurrect from the dead. Mm-hmm. And as a child, you're like, wait, but this stuff happens in the Bible. How come it didn't happen for us yeah. on this particular occasion? Now, of course, I have so many different answers now, yeah. of course, yeah. about the sovereignty of God. And the truth is not everyone in the Bible that died came to life. Mm-hmm. There was only a select few people that did. Mm-hmm. And of course, even to this day, only a select few people like Lee Stone King, others that we know have come back to life after dying. But the truth is, it is appointed unto man to die once. Yeah. And after mm-hmm. this, the judgment, that's scripture, mm-hmm. of course. And these are things I didn't know yeah. when I was a kid. So, oh, oh, my God, all this doubt. And why, Lord? And, oh, that was a big hit. And then after, sometime after that, my grandfather, he passed away. And then they had to leave their church. It was kind of a big mess. Um, my grandma, you know, she was alone. She got sick. And then she died almost right after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but before she died, we had a surprise death with my Uncle David. So, there, I mean, our family, mm-hmm. brother, was literally surrounded by death. Mm-hmm. And I, I, in that moment, I just felt like my, my faith was so just like, it took a hit. Yeah. Oh man. You know, the Bible talks about our faith being tried by fire. <laughs> oh, man. We were in the fire. My God. And you know, what's funny. It lasted for years. Wow. Yeah. It lasted for years because it was my uncle. And then there was a little break, you know what I mean? And yeah. then boom, all these different family members passed away and, and not in a really nice, easy, you know, oh, it was their time. No, it was yeah. a, some very difficult situations, you know, very unexpected situations. And I would definitely say that the loss of life, especially of a close, uh, you know, confidant like my Uncle Adam, mm-hmm. you know, a hero like my grandfather, another hero of faith like my grandma. And one of my favorite uncles, we would play pool together at my grandma's house, my Uncle Dave passing away out of nowhere, Mm. you know, and then from there, my uncle Frank, who was another one of my great mentors, gave me my first opportunity to play piano for a choir before anybody cared about my, my talent. He saw the talent Mm. and he would, he would pick me up every Tuesday night. I would play for his choir and then he would take me out to eat at Manny's and we would have a combo burrito together (laughs) and he would give me 20 bucks to say thank you. I mean, and then he passed away. So, I mean, this was very, very, um, well, it made a mark certainly in my life and um, I can testify now so much insight and wisdom and, and different things have come from that. But man, I could, I can definitely say that that was the time that I felt the greatest doubt or even distance from God. Like, you know, your question was asking, mm. I definitely felt like, man, Lord. And even some people I remember made some comments when my uncle died, my uncle Adam, my dad's little brother, they said, you know, well, if God was really with them, maybe he wouldn't have died. Because, you know, it wasn't very popular for a young man to die at that age. Can't, I, for some reason, I feel like either we didn't know or it wasn't as prevalent, but it wasn't common for a 23-year-old man yeah. to die of cancer, at least in our circles. Yeah. So people were saying, wow, you know, if God was really with them. And then during that time, two of my dad's ministers left our church saying, you know, you know what, maybe you know, God's calling us somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, almost like, like, like there was a plague on us or something. <laughs> You know, yeah. and oh, that caused a lot of doubt. It caused me to really soul search and decide why was I really doing what I was doing? Did I really believe in God mm-hmm. even after mm-hmm. the inevitable loss in life? Yeah. Well, Pastor Aaron, uh, yeah, when, I mean, when something's challenging your faith, 
and it's interesting because when you see when you have foresight or hindsight after everything that's gone on, sure. you know it, it kind of makes a little bit more sense. But especially when you can reflect back on the word, you know that, that's that's what brings everything in perspective. You know when when you have those verses just memorized, or you can you know you look into your Bible and and you can find comfort in those things. You know, like you mentioned, even on, even onto death, we know it's not. It's not. It's not a loss. You know, it's a gain for us right. as Christians. Yeah, it's a, yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, I, I can recall those times in you know the kind of childhood I had growing up. You know, an alcoholic father. You know, abusive to my mom. Uh, you wow. know, people always telling me I was worthless or you know things like that. And and then I remember growing up, uh, growing up, and then having cousins like you know what he's a minister son. He's going to be a great minister like his dad. And then I was thinking, well, my dad is an alcoholic. What that? What does that mean? I'm going to be, you know, I, I. So I never, I never felt like that was going to be that the situation for myself, until wow. until I just completely surrendered. Say, Lord, I give you every, not just myself, but all my self doubts, all my shortcomings, and God said that that's what I want. You know, that's what I, I felt Him tell me. That's what I want because I'm going to build something in you that's going to be greater than what you ever imagined. And sure enough, Pastor Aaron, you know, I'm. 41 years old. I never dreamed I was going to be married. I have an awesome wife. I never dreamed wow. of having kids. I have two boys. So, um, God. yeah, God is good. You know, God, yeah, yeah. God is good. <laughs> yes, he is. Thank you, uh, Jesus. Yes, sir. So, Pastor, you know, kind of changing the subject a little bit. Um, but, you know, it's, it's kind of all around us. You know, what you see right now, you know, COVID-19 and and with the virus, um, how, how has that touched or affected your personal life, Pastor, or or your church life? How, how's that been going for you? Well, thank you for asking. Um, you know, like everybody else, um, it has been the probably the single most uh, largest change factor mm. that we've ever been through. Even 9-11 didn't change us like this. Mm. You know, yeah. our church has been closed down physically since March, since the end of March, the beginning of April. Yeah. And we haven't had church physically, except for on a few occasions when they let us back here in California. They let us back for like, I think we got two weeks and then boom, shut it down again. And in those two weeks, we did have church. We did the social distancing and all that kind of stuff, the masks, whatever. Um, but around here, they send, you know, they send the, they send the, the police over here, oh, wow. you know, to warn us and to tell us, oh, yeah. They're very strict over here uh, in Baldwin Park. Um, we're in Southern California, Los Angeles County area. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, they're very strict about that. And so we have been, um, you know, somewhat forced. Of course, we can go into battle if we want to and be like, we're going to do it no matter what. But we've been praying about it and we feel like like this has been the right thing to do at this time. Yeah, It might not be like this forever. There's going to be a, a time. And I really feel is there's going to be a time where we're going to have to stand up and, and do some different things. But we've in efforts to protect and defend, for example, my my dad, and my mom, you know, they're in their 60s. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, and I'm trying to be careful with them. My dad does have what might be considered underlying issues with diabetes mm-hmm. and things like that. So I'm trying to be careful because I know that for some people, the, the virus has been deadly. Yeah. And so we've been very careful, Um, you know, when we discovered, wait a second, this is not just, you know, a little something like this could actually change the course of a person's life. Like 
we when we saw that we were like okay we need to be be safe so it has changed it so the way it's changed our ministry um and our church life is we've gone to all online Mm -hmm. so if you go to awe3.org that's our church website and all of our bible studies even from before the pandemic our services connections to our youtube we go live in fact tonight we'll be live at eight o'clock in about an hour from now and uh, we do bible study and prayer when you know this was our normal night thursday night is our normal night to have church um and then sundays at 3 p.m we broadcast live um, on YouTube, on Facebook, AWE3. And um, so, yeah, so that's what we've done. But what I want to say, just as a little addition to what you're asking, mm-hmm. is God spoke to me in in January. And I would be lying to you if he told me that there was going to be a pandemic. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I knew there was change coming. And God, I spoke it to the church. Um, in fact, I think it was right before the Sunday before New Year's Eve. I told him God gave me a big word. He told me broadcast is a big word, broadcast, broadcast, broadcast. So early on, I had started investing. So what was crazy is when we were forced to go online, I had already bought this equipment to Mm. be able to broadcast services and piano lessons and different things that we do here uh, in our church. So what I want to say is that God did prepare us, though we didn't know exactly what he was Mm. doing. He did speak to us. And I thank God that we had already had like, the giving online mm. and we were already doing broadcasts on Thursday nights for Bible study. Um, just, you know, we were a new church. Um, that's a long story, but to make a long story short, <laughs> my dad had launched us as a, uh, as a mission, okay. but we're using the church building to be able to save financially, mm. but we're mm. winning souls as our own church and, and, and pastoring the people as, as, as pastors, Mm -hmm. you know, under my, under my, my pastor as, you know, Mm -hmm. of course. Um, But I say that because we had already, you know, we were like, Hey, we're a new church. Let's do broadcast on Thursday night instead of coming together when we were able to come together. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of like, we were kind of already doing it. And I think God was just preparing us. And so I would definitely say that the biggest change for us has been this big move to online. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also allowed us to reach more people. And um, I know God knows what he's doing, so I'm good with it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, I remember there was kind of a stigma at first about, you know, broadcasting, you know, in church. or I mean, maybe not for everybody. I'm just assuming maybe. But how, how much? No, there was. Yeah. <laughs> but how much it kind of become, you know, became a reality, you know, how we couldn't get together. And now we're able to do it virtually for sure. And um, but I think that's one of the things that even even as church people, when they hear uh, when they hear people trying to, you know, minister through their church or, uh, you know, even podcasts, you know, I, I know you have a podcast also, Pastor Aaron. And, yeah. and and I know people reach out sometimes and like, oh, you know what? That, that was great. You know what? Pray, you know, we're praying for you. But it's like, you know, I and I appreciate all that for sure. But it's like you also got to click that little button, you know, let your church know you're there, you know. Uh, yeah, send out a little shout out or like or you know do something. Hard, right? <laughs> move your thumb. Just move your thumbs. I tell our church all the time. I'm like, guys, move your thumb from this position to that position, and just say something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, you know, and I I just think about also this podcast is people will send messages to me like, please just kick that subscriber like button. So, and my thought is not so much 
you know, for, for myself or my ego or anything like that. But my, my way of thinking is the more that we, we get involved in these type of things that are becoming more of a, of a reality, you know, Christian yeah. broadcast, you know, even within our apostolic church, you know, sure. I, I know there's a brother that has a virtual um, internet radio station, you know, and um, so I try to like and click and subscribe. But my thought is the more that we do that, the more that is going to become visible to other people that weren't even thinking about looking for something like that. You yeah. know, yeah. maybe people don't understand, but the way algorithms work with like social platforms yeah. is if you say post something and people don't respond to it with like a like mm-hmm. or a comment mm-hmm. or a share or some kind of click, you know, they call them ticks. Yeah, yeah. If people don't respond to them, the, the platform actually punishes the content oh. and, and, and doesn't allow your people to see it. So for example, on Instagram, I have 70 something hundred followers, about 7,000 followers. Right. Uh-huh. Well, guess what? 7,000 followers don't see everything that I do. Mm-hmm. I was looking at my stuff only maybe about, 20% of them, maybe even less, wow. even see what I do, even though they clicked follow that they want to see what I'm doing. The platform doesn't let them see it unless when I post it, there's some kind of activity. So oh. I definitely want to encourage those people out there. It's not that, like you said, not for our egos. It's not yeah. that. But if we're doing the work of Christ, mm-hmm. if we're doing this for the sake of the gospel to encourage people, mm-hmm. the truth is, the odds are against us unless somebody does something yeah. or responds or says something. Otherwise, the algorithms don't even permit us yeah. to be seen by the people that quote unquote follow us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe it's a learning curve. We'll, we'll get this. We'll get it. I yeah, really. <laughs> So uh, yeah, I, I, it's so funny because even though we're already in um, in September, uh, I remember our New Year service, and I think you mentioned uh, you know about your New Year service also. But I remember this was going to be you know the year of 2020, and everyone associated with vision, you know, because 2020 vision, and, right. and you know the church, and and I'm not saying that that stopped. You know, I don't believe um, that that people stop having visions, but maybe their sight has cost you know maybe a little bit more on other things because of everything that's going on right now. But what would you say your outlook for the, for this year? And, and the, I know we only have a little bit more months to go, but for 2020, and what would you say your outlook for 2021 in your ministry would be like for you, Pastor? I'm going to tell you right now, even though it's a little scary, this is the best time that we've ever lived in for mm. the church. And I would love to even argue the fact that, 2020 is still the year of vision. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, I've never seen so clearly as I'm seeing now. Wow. I don't think the church has ever seen the condition of their own hearts as right now. I mean, what do you do when you strip away all the great singing and all the, the beautiful buildings and the fellowship and all the, the, the fun parts, the mm. exterior if you will, the tabernacle, what do you do when it's just you and God? Wow. What do you do when nobody's there to, if you will, to police you or, <laughs> yeah. or watch over yeah. you, you know, or see you, Hey brother, how are you doing there? You know, I, I haven't seen you around. Like there's none of that going on right now because nobody's seen no one around. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. right now we are seeing ourselves. God, see God, he already knows yeah. our heart. The Bible says that, Man looks on the outward appearance, mm-hmm. but God looks at the heart yes. and he already knows. But 
we are the ones that need to know where we're at. Mm-hmm. We're the ones, the Bible says, to evaluate yourself. Mm-hmm. So I can't go to you and say, hey, bro, you know, you need to do this. Or yeah. maybe you can't even go to me and say, but Aaron, you should do this. But I guarantee you, I could look at my own life and say, you know what? This has revealed to me. Wow. I'm not the father that I thought I was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I'm not the soul winner that I thought I was supposed to be. In fact, I don't even dedicate my time to prayer the way I was supposed to mm-hmm. be. I got too caught up in the, in the churchiness of everything yeah. that my relationship with God has suffered. And I don't want to be that guy that one day, like in the Bible, you know, Jesus has to look at them and say, depart from me, you who works iniquity. Mm. I never knew you. Yeah. I don't want to be that guy who went to church and did churchy things, but did not know the Lord. Wow. And I'm telling you right now, this brother has made me, it's forced me to look at myself, to look at the church, you know, and, and I think that I, I feel like I see more clear than I've ever seen probably at any time in my life. Wow. Pastor, I never thought of it that way. That, wow. That, that was, that's good. That's good. Yeah. And you're exactly right. Uh, You know, you were mentioning way at the beginning that, you know, you know how to, you know how to, you know, be in church and, and it's almost, you know, like giving lip service, you know, but your heart sure. is just far away from the Lord for sure. And, and it makes Absolutely. you, it does make you evaluate for sure. Wow. Can I tell you something? Yes, sir. Even in the ministry, bro, I've seen that. I've yeah. experienced that where I'm like, I've been in a ministerial meeting. I'm like, if my prayer life, my, if my prayer life has suffered, I know these guys sitting in this ministry's meeting, their prayer mm. lives are suffering too. Yeah. And this was before. And I was like, Lord, something's going to change us. I don't know what it is. Something's wow. going to change us. And right now, we're starting to see who are the real ministers. Yeah. Who are the real deacons? Yeah. Those that are supposed to serve the church. Wow. You know what I mean? Like we're really, we're getting all kinds of clarity. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially Bro, like never before, like never before. Def, well, you're right. Cause you know, just thinking about it now, you know, before it was because, well, you know, I have to work, you know, I get to work from home now, you know, myself, uh, right. you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, I've been blessed. Now. Yeah. So, <laughs> So now it can't be like, I'm too tired when I come home. You know, I've been home, you know, so you're exactly right, Pastor. Wow. Uh, uh, well, you gave me a lot to think about too, Pastor. <laughs> Praise God. Too, bro. Hey, trust me, let me just say this. This doesn't mean that I've, like, I've mastered something. Sure, yeah. I, I'm just able to see it. And now I'm in a place where I have to deal with it. Yeah. Ooh, man, that's it right there. Yeah. That's it right there. I, I haven't mastered it, but I can see it. And now that I can see it, I'm God's God's dealing with me, yeah. you know, and and He's helping me as a pastor to preach in such a way that the church learns how to deal with it too. Mm. Hey, look at these are the things that we need to work to. Yeah. These are the places in our life that we need to allow God to make a change. Yeah, even being saved, even being a Christian. Yeah, oh yeah. These are the areas where we need improvement. Yeah, definitely. And and I know it's it's kind of challenging to you know to talk about. Not necessarily challenging, but, you know, making plans and uh, nothing's ever given, in other words. But what would you see or your, your outlook for 2021 for next year, Pastor, in your ministry? If I don't, like I said, it's kind of challenging because who knows how it's going to, if it's going to get back to the same or, you know, where sure. everyone's out. Uh, but what would you, what would you say your outlook for 2021 would be? Well, I had an interesting dream about, mm, I don't know, maybe five years ago. And in the dream, um, there's a, um, a door here at the end of the church. I'm in a different building, but in the next building is our church. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the church is a door that literally goes 
opens to where the street is at. We're on the corner. Mm. And in my dream, I would open the door. I would peek out and I would look and I would signal. And we have a, a taco stand across the street from our church. And I would signal there would be people at the taco stand. I would say, hey, I would say, hey, come, go ahead. It's your turn. And, and I remember counting. There would be about nine people at a time that would come. Mm-hmm. And it's, oh, man, I'm just getting chills thinking about this because how we've had to keep it under 10 people around here. Oh, wow. And so nine people in my dream would come and nine people at a time would get baptized. Wow. And it was almost like it had to be in secret. Oh. I would look around and I would say, hey, come over here. Come on, let's go. Yeah. And the, they would be ready. I would tell them, meet me. You guys go wait over there at King, Ta- I mean, at uh, uh, Garduno's Taco King. Um, and when I call you guys, come over and I'll baptize you guys. And that's what I see for 2021. I don't know how that's going to happen. Yeah. I really yeah. don't. I hope that doesn't mean that things will get like worse in the sense they're going to keep on trying to control us. But if the time ever comes, the church of God, the Bible says not even the gates of hell Mm. shall prevail Mm. against the church. So the church is going to grow. People are still going to get saved and be baptized in Jesus name. People are still going to be receiving the Holy Spirit and being welcomed into the kingdom. You know, and so what I see, you say, okay, if you had a guess, what would you think it would be? Okay, my guess, this is not from the Lord. My guess is that we're going to be ministering more effectively online, more people from the area. We're going to learn how to reach our local community because right now people that follow me, most of them, to be honest with you, they're from outside of our area, Mm. but I'm trying to figure out how to promote directly to this area Mm. so that they say, Hey, we know where that guy's at. We know where West Covina is at. We know where Baldwin park, El Monte, La Puente. We know those surrounding cities. You know what? Let's go get saved over there. Mm. You know, and mm. I'm thinking our ministry will do more of that or we'll do we'll, somehow we'll figure out a way to let them know, hey, you know, we have counseling online. We have Bible studies online. We have whatever the, it has to be. Yeah. But we're yeah. here for you. We're here for our community. And Jesus loves you and you can be saved. Mm. And I think mm. through that, bro, I think we're going to literally line up baptisms nine at a time, nine at a time oh. and just have a bunch of people get saved, bro, <laughs> before the coming of the Lord. Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, that's gonna be you. You see everything that that happens, and you know, people saying prophetically how you know things that are going on right now and how it kind of falls into place. But also, that's when you know in the end times where God's just gonna pour out His Spirit, and you know, yeah. young men are gonna prophesy, and you know, it's just you know all these things, these great things that seem scary though, and in, in the way that. It's in the way that, you know, like in California, how right now you say like at nine at a time, that seems kind of scary. But at the same time, it's exciting. You know, it's exciting that people are going to be saved in Jesus' name for sure. I I hear you. Wow, Pastor. Um, Well, Pastor, um, you mentioned quite a few people, especially, you know, family members of yours that were mentors. But um, if you could thank God for just one person in your faith journey um, that, that you've had in your life. Who would that be and why, Pastor? Oh, what a great question. I've had so many heroes of faith in my life. Um, and if anybody ever wants to know a few of them, they can DM me, <laughs> you know, on Instagram, G. Aaron Barbosa, Facebook, G. Aaron Barbosa. You could, you could ask me. But if I had to choose one, it would be my wife. All right. Um, All right. We've been married for going on 17 years. And... Um, we were dating about two years prior to that. So almost 20 years we've known each other and been together, you know, yeah. um, and married, of course, like I said, for 17 years. And um, 
I've had many instrumental people, but I would have to say that the greatest healing that I've experienced in my life has come through my wife. Like what I needed in my life. Um, yeah, she, she's the one that brought that to me. Um, I had many years that I suffered with anxiety and depression. And in those years, I remember I had a hard time sleeping. Um, it was following by the way, by the way, following those deaths that I was telling you about mm-hmm. after all that whole season of death, it was like, I couldn't sleep. And so my mind was tired. So then I was having anxiety as a result of it. And it was, you know, a lot of little things that go wrong mm. when you have one big thing going wrong physically, you know, and emotionally I was having things go, you know, just, you know, I was going through trauma, mm. things like that. And I remember, I mean, brother, day after day for, I don't know how many months or years I would wake up my wife two in the morning, three in the morning. Hey, hey babe, do you think we could talk? You know, do you think we could, I, I'm alone. I don't want to be alone. I'm afraid to be alone. You know, I, mm. I, I, I feel like the devil's after me. I, I, you know, or I feel too much anxiety. I, I don't know who to talk to about this. And I'm just, my mind's, it's racing. Mm-hmm. I need someone to talk to. And I don't know anybody that I can call it to in the morning. And, and I'm telling you, for the most part, you know, of course, sometimes she was just too tired and I would, and I would just try to fall asleep. Yeah. But, but for the most part, brother, she would, yeah, okay. All right. And she would, she would wake herself up and, and we would get up and get a tea and pray together and we would talk and then I would find peace and I would lay back down, wow. you know? And I mean, she has been there for me. We've taken, we've taken countless drives together. Drives is one of our things that we do mm. is our healing thing. We go, we drive through, get a little drink, like a little iced tea or something like that. And, and we've taken countless drives and the amount of liberation I've received through my wife's ministry, the amount of prayer mm. um, she's spoken over me. She's, you know, spoken in tongues and prophesied over me in prayer in the mornings. I mean, I, I, I don't think that I can think of another person um, in my life uh, that I could say thank you to more in, in my life, in this point yeah. in my life. Yeah. Oh, praise God. It, I think that's one of the greatest blessings, you know, when, when a man can, you know, that findeth a wife, you know, and every, 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 sense of that word, not, I don't know why the world makes, you know, marriage or having, or being a husband or a role of a wife, you know, kind of seem demeaning sometimes, you know, or like the man rules and the woman, you know, are subjective, uh, uh, you know, to, to the man. It, it has its place, but you're very, you're, you're very right, Pastor, in a sense that, you know, my wife always fills those voids in my life. You right. Know? You know, it's almost like those weaknesses on her is my strengths. My, my, you know, my weaknesses are hers. So it's it just, we just complement each other so well help in that sense. Help me, bro. Yes. Yeah. Help <laughs> yes. And, and I think that's a blessing of when, when, you know, you, you know, when you wait on who God has for you, you know, when you're, when you're paying attention to that. Uh, yeah. And, and it's a beautiful thing. It's a very beautiful really, thing for sure. Uh, it really is. Uh, praise God. Well, Pastor, kind of wrapping up here a little bit, um, I just want to, uh, you know, kind of end with these last two questions. But speaking from your own experience as a Christian, if you could encourage someone today that is listening, if they should continue, you know, maybe someone that already found a relationship, but maybe they're struggling a bit, or maybe they, they're hearing these words and they, they're thinking or considering about starting their own relationship with Christ, what, what would you say to them? I know it's kind of a broad question, but what would you say to them, Pastor? 
Yeah, I would keep two things in mind. Mm. The have to and the want to. Mm. I think you need both. I think you need the understanding that you just have to be saved. (laughs) Nothing else matters in this life if you die without Christ. Mm. Nothing else matters. So there is a sense of have to, but I don't only... I don't only have a relationship with God because I have to, mm-hmm. but there's also the other thing, which, which is the want to. Yes. There, which is the want to. You know, I, I have a Christmas song. Maybe I'll release it this year. And it says, um, the beautiful days, the Christmas lights with the one you love, dinner with family. I forgot. It's, it's a whole long thing. And, and it's, it's going and it's, t- it's depicting all the different beautiful moments in the holidays but what I, come, what I come to in the chorus is all of this that I've experienced, all these nostalgic feelings and the happiness, what I didn't realize is it was all because of you. Hmm. In other words, God, if you weren't with us, we would have never had any of these days. Yeah. But you've given us this good life. Like you bless us. And the Bible even says it's the goodness of God that brings us to repentance. Hmm. And I can definitely say it's the have to because, man, I mean, I have to remember that. Hey, look at Aaron. You need salvation. Yeah. But then there's the want to. The fact that if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't have anything, man. Mm. I wouldn't have anything. And not just that. The thing I love about the Lord, Romans 8, 28, all things work together for the good of them that love God. So Amen. what I love about God is that, see, outside of Christ, you have a trial. Somebody hurts you. You're molested. You're this or that, whatever. Some bad things happen yeah. to you. The truth is, if you die without Christ, it's for nothing at all. Mm. But in Christ, all things, watch this, work together for the good of them. Who who is it work for good? That love God and are called according to his purpose. And so because I love God and I'm called according to his purpose, even the bad things that I've been through actually work out to be something good in my life. There's an old song that my grandpa David used to sing. Um, he made something beautiful, something good. It's an old song. All of my confusion, Jesus understood. And oh, man, I remember singing that, especially the part, all I had to offer him was brokenness and strife. Yes. But he made something beautiful my in my life. And I could definitely encourage our friends out there, whether you're starting a relationship with God or you've gone far away from God, mm. I would tell you, come back. Yeah. Because of the have to, you have to come back. Yeah. Don't die in this life without Christ. Yeah. But also because you want to. Yeah. Because yeah. the will of God is the best place. Yes. Being yeah. in God's will, being saved, it really is. There's no other life. I've tried other things. Like that old song said, I've had all, but what I need is just more of you. Yeah. You know? And so that's my encouragement today. Don't forget the have to and the want to, to. of being saved. Amen, Pastor. Amen. Don't, don't call that song old. You're gonna you're gonna give me away. I love those songs. <laughs> hey, bro, I love them too. But you know, the, the, the forty year old guy like me, they're like, eh, give me give me some something else. You know. What? One time they had me preaching at a uh, at the juniors convention or district convention for Arizona, and I was preaching for the juniors. And after I was done, I go, let's do an altar call. We're gonna sing, "Bless the Lord, all my soul." And I started singing it. And they were just looking at me. The the music, like, oh my! I showed my age, Pastor. Uh, like, what is this guy doing? Yeah. Oh my goodness! I can't tell you how many times I did stuff like that, bro. What's that, Pastor? 
I can't tell you how many times I've oh. done that too. <laughs> and like, you know, in our church, we're all new church. My son is our pianist oh. and he's only been playing for a few months. He's brand new. Yeah. So if I crack out with one of those songs, it's over. <laughs> They're not going to be able to follow me. He goes, I'm going to worship yeah. dad right now. I'm going <laughs> to. Exactly. You're on your own, mister. Hi, <laughs> uh, Pastor. Well, uh, uh, the last question I had for you, Pastor, is just if you can share with us, you know, how to find your church or how to connect. I know you mentioned the website, but if you don't mind that sharing with us again, you know, your services and your ministry sure. uh, for us, please. Absolutely. So our church website is awe3, the number three, dot org, dot org. So awe3.org is our website. And from there, it'll connect you to all of our different platforms with preaching and things like that. Um, our podcast is called Nuggets. So mm. if you go to like Apple Podcasts and you search my name, Aaron Barbosa, it's uh, the podcast will come up and it looks like a little chicken nugget box with golden nuggets in there. And uh, that's our podcast if they want to follow that. And that's more um, music ministry oriented. Mm. Um, I still minister to a lot of music ministers because of our classes and, and the different lessons and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, on social medias, G, Aaron Barbosa. Um, and the reason why it's G is because my first name is George, but nobody <laughs> calls me George. So G, Aaron Barbosa, and they can uh, find me there. And then for our piano lessons, um, it's schoolofminstrels.org.org. All right, Pastor. Thank you so much for all that information, Pastor. I, um, like I mentioned earlier, you know, I clicked on uh, uh, Google Podcasts. I found your podcast and I subscribed to it, Pastor, because I want that thing to blow up for the honor and glory Great. of God. <laughs> I really appreciate that. You know, it means a lot. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Pastor, thank you so much for, you know, uh, being available, for being open as much as you have been. It, it, it means a lot. And I, again, my prayer is that this conversation is just going to inject, you know, faith into somebody's heart and mind. And, and not just inject faith, but also, uh, you know, produce fruit. You know, anything that we plant, anything, you know, we want to make sure that it's going to produce fruit for the honor and glory of God. Uh, thank you so much, Pastor Aaron, for your time. I Absolutely. appreciate it. Hey, we got to have you on Nuggets one of these days. Oh, my, yes, my pleasure, Pastor. My pleasure. Anytime, let me know. <laughs> yeah, we'll get together. This is a great conversation. I think, you know, people need to hear two men of God. You know, we're just guys. Yes. You know, after, at the end of the day, we're just regular people that serve a great God. Amen. And I think when we have these conversations, man, I think it really helps other people to say, you know what? Hmm. If they can do it, maybe I can do it too. Yeah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, that's very true, you know. And I love good conversations, you know, good conversations with godly people. It helps it helps build my strength and, you know, uplift my faith also for sure. Oh, thank, praise God, me too. Thank you, Pastor. Well, as we conclude our podcast for today, I would like to thank you as the listener for listening. And I pray that there's been a seed of faith again planted in your heart and in your mind, that the seed will grow and produce fruit in your life. If you would like to hear previous podcasts or learn more about it, you can go to the podcast SoundCloud page at www.soundcloud.com forward slash iHatPodcast. And there you will find links to all of our social media platforms. And also, if you are interested in supporting this podcast by giving, there will be links also available there to direct you to our Patreon page where you can become a sponsoring member 
Or if you want to be a one-time giver to our page, you can be directed to our PayPal page. If you would like to reach out to us, please email us at ihappodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, God bless. 